Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Medicare, it's been around for over 50 years, and there are some changes that have occurred in the plan over that time course. And today we're going to hear about what the general concept of Medicare is and what are some of those unique ins and outs, the details that only an expert would know. I'm so delighted to be joined by Dr. Eileen Hilton. She runs Crown Care, which is a wonderful service that can help explain Medicare. And if I can have her explain it to me, I know that she can explain it to you, too, because it does have a lot of moving parts. So thank you for joining me today on The Body Show, Dr. Hilton. And thank you for inviting me. Medicare, it's been around for a while. And, you know, there's a lot of different parts about it that seem kind of complicated, but I thought... Maybe we could go over some of the basics. For most people, Medicare is something they start thinking about maybe if they have no other medical conditions or problems when they're about 65. Is that right? Does everybody qualify at 65? Uh, yes, and some people even earlier if they have disabilities. So you do see some people who are a lot younger than 65 on Medicare, but predominantly it's 65 and up. Now, there's different types to it. You know, it's almost like the alphabet soup of Medicare, there's Part A, there's Part B, there's a C, there's a D, and then there's all other sorts of parts of it. So when you start talking with people about Medicare, the reason I want to discuss it now is open enrollment season is coming, so October 15th to I think they extend it a little bit further this year. It's going to be open enrollment, but that's a special particular time when people can look at their plan and decide if they want to change But it's hard to know if you want to change if you don't really understand what it is. So can you tell us about some of the alphabet soup and what all these letters mean? Yeah, hi. So first of all, parts and plans are two different things, and this confuses most people. So I'm going to start out with parts and original Medicare. Original Medicare, many, many years ago, Lyndon Johnson signed it into law. Part A is hospital coverage, inpatient stays does cover some other things, but that's mainly what it is. And Part B is your doctors, your physical therapists, your occupational therapists, also things like wheelchairs and some durable medical equipment as well, others. Then we have the um, Medigap insurance, and the reason that exists is that both Part A and B cover 80% of your cost. There's a 20% gap. So along came the Private insurers, and in, in Hawaii we have approximately uh, 12 of them, and they came up with plans, and there's plan A through N. Every insurer covers the exact same thing when they cover a plan A and a plan B, et cetera, et cetera. The only difference is the price. We can go into that at some point later, and then... Along came Part D in 2006, late to the game, to cover drugs, which is a big deal now because drugs are very expensive. So those are the parts, and under supplementals, you have the plans. Then you have Medicare Advantage, which came along in 97 with Clinton, and it was a public-private partnership, and it combined A, B, and usually D. So it's kind of a prefix of original Medicare Sometimes it has little bells and whistles. Now they're sort of pruning those a bit. Um, But that's the basic overall picture of Medicare historically, starting in the 60s and then getting revved up 
1997 to a whole different thing, which is Part C, Advantage Plan. And then in 2006, drug plans added to original. So let's talk a little bit about when people make a selection. Sometimes people will stick with original Medicare, and then you're referred to Advantage plans. So you wouldn't necessarily have coverage in both. You would pick either to stay with original Medicare or you would pick a Part C, which is a Medicare Advantage plan. Is that right? Absolutely correct. So what would be some advantages to sticking with the original Medicare plan? Well, original Medicare gives you more options in terms of where it will work. Um, If you're in Hawaii and you're planning on maybe relocating to the mainland or you want your care um, at specialty hospitals on the mainland, uh, we'd rather choose your doctors rather than have them in a coverage group, you would err towards going, not error, but opt towards going original Medicare, which gives you that mobility, the ability to use pretty much any doctor that takes Medicare in the country. Um, And it's portable, extremely portable. Um, Some of the supplemental plans, those plans that I was mentioning, are extremely robust, and they cover pretty much everything after an annual deductible, which isn't that much money, uh, about 217 in 2022, everything else is covered. So you really should never see a bill. Only exception is drugs. Um, they go into Part D, and they're separate. So the drug, the drug plans, you can shop around, which is an advantage as well, because you can go to 20, 30 companies, shop around on the drug plans on Medicare.gov. Um, Medicare Advantage has advantages as well. That's why it was called Advantage. Initially, I, a lot of bells and whistles. They have been trimmed somewhat. But if you're used to employer coverage and you like to stick with something like that, it's very similar to employer coverage where you have everything rolled into one plan and you're basically um, got your primary care doctor. If you're on an HMO, you have to have one that is a kind of Parsing out all of all of your needs to other doctors gives you referrals, et cetera, runs your case. Um, and then, you know, it has everything else included. So some people prefer that. And some people are very happy with those plans as well. So interesting that, you know, you brought up some good points of both of them. The geographic ability to go and travel and portable to any of the 50 states with traditional Medicare. If you have a Medicare Advantage plan, does that mean that if you happen to go, if you have one based in Hawaii and you happen to go to the mainland, you have no coverage or? Oh, no, no. There, there are uh, other groups that they partner with on the mainland, the Advantage plans in Hawaii, and oftentimes you can um, go through their networks. The only the disadvantage to some people, and I ran into this myself, was I was in uh, California needed an emergency surgery. It was. 7 a.m. in the morning, and uh, it was being wheeled in to get the surgery, and they wanted my credit card because they couldn't get a pre-certification from Hawaii. Nobody was answering the phone, so that's that pretty that early at problem, that hour. You know, okay. if, if you're uh, in one state, covered in one state, and you're in a, a different time zone, and that is a problem for Hawaii, actually, because we are in different time zones than most anyone. 
That's true, and it goes both ways. If we're trying to get something from a plan that happens to be centered on the mainland, you know, we can't call it 4 p.m. because it may be 10 p.m. where they are. So I think you're right. It does Absolutely. go both ways. Yeah. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We are talking today about different types of Medicare. What are the different plans? What are the different parts? And what does all this mean? When we come back, we are going to talk further about when you would consider getting a Part D plan. Is this something that everybody needs or is this something that only a few people might need? And how might you go about finding one? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Dr. Eileen Hilton from Crown Care on the line. And we have been talking today about Medicare. Before the break, we talked a little bit about the different parts, Medicare Part A, hospital insurance, essentially covering when you're in the hospital, Medicare Part B, doctor's visits, outpatient treatments, physical therapy, etc. And then we talked a little bit about Medigap plans. These are ways to get the other 20% covered since A and B cover 80%. And right before the break, we were talking about Medicare Advantage plans. These would be under Part C Medicare. You either get a traditional Medicare plan or Medicare Advantage plan. And there may be pluses and minuses to your choice for either one. And we haven't yet talked a little bit about Part D plans. Now, that's a newer evolution of Medicare, and that came along with the coverage for medications. Now, that happened maybe around 2006 or so with covering drugs and different pharmaceuticals. Tell me more about Part D, Dr. Hilton. Who gets it, and does everybody need it? Well, in the Advantage plans, it's usually included, okay? Um, but in, in original Medicare, Part D is separate, and as I said, you can shop around for it. Uh, anyone can get it, uh, it one way or the other. You're not allowed to have a Part D plan and an Advantage plan that covers Part D at the same time. But if you are in original Medicare, I would suggest everyone get it. The prices of drugs have skyrocketed. These coverages are pretty good, and uh, we usually shop around and try to find the least expensive one, both premium and cost of drugs over the year. So it is, I would think, essential to get Part D, even if you're healthy. It's the least expensive one, and, you know, you basically are covered in case there's a real disaster in your life and you need some drugs that are expensive. We have drugs that are four or $5,000 a month. You do need insurance for these things. These are mostly cancer drugs, but for other causes as well. Yeah, I remember starting practice back in 99, and there was no such thing as Medicare drug coverage. So this was kind of something that evolved even while I was uh, – going into practice. And so it really did make a difference. You know, some medications are inexpensive. They may be generic. They may be blood pressure or cholesterol medicine. But as you mentioned, certain medical conditions, whether it be cancer or some of the rheumatologic conditions or some of the conditions that require the use of biologics, particular different medications, those can be prohibitively expensive. So we've talked a little bit about cost. There are some standard costs, and then there's some variable costs. In general, does someone have to pay extra for Medicare Part A? Not unless they haven't worked for 10 years. 
or they're, uh, they're actually with their spouse working, they can often get it as well without having to pay extra. So the premium is zero. However, if they're from another country, and we do see people uh, that are from other countries signing up for Medicare in the United States, they're, they've actually moved to the United States, and they can pay significant amounts, four or $500 a month, some even higher. So it is something to be concerned about um, if you are planning on coming here and you haven't got the work history, and that's for pretty much forever. So Now, yes. what if your work history is international? What do you mean you your work home? history is? In other words, if you were coming, if you were coming home to the United States, right? You're born or, here. You happen to have some glorious job elsewhere, and then you decide to oh, retire yeah, and come back. Oh, yeah, we have like that. Yeah, that's that's uh, you can you can come back and get Part B without penalty and Part A similarly if you had equivalent insurance to an employer insurance um, and when you were abroad or even national insurance, because a lot of places have national single-payer things. So it depends on the country, and we look into the country very carefully, and we look at the policies that they have to make sure they will pass muster in getting uh, a Part B without penalty, having not been in the country for a while, you know, that kind of thing. Now, we've mentioned Part A could be $0 premium. You worked for 10 years or you have special uh, dispensation because you've had other insurance. Um, now, what about Part B? What is the average premium for Part B? So for 2021, it is based on income. It has been based on income for several years. Um, for 2021, it was $148.50 for the basic total monthly premium. Then along comes Irma. Irma is income-related monthly adjustment amount. And it depends on what level of income you have and whether you file uh, individual or jointly. But to give you an example, if you're under 88000 singly, you would pay one forty-eight fifty. That's your annual, under eighty-eight. If you are under 176000 as a joint, you, you would pay one forty-eight fifty per person. The, the, those are going to change. In 2022, the estimate is the 88000 will go to 91000 and the 176000 will go to 182000 But in general, um, it sticks to, you know, going up every year, the amount that uh, you can make before they start charging you more. The, the, we don't know yet what the total monthly premium adjustment amount will be, for 2022, we can guess, but we don't know yet. There are five tranches, and they are, you know, up to different income levels. But let me give you an example. If you make greater than $500,000 a year for single or over $750,000 a year for married, you're at the top of the line, and you will pay $505 or more per month for a person that's on the plan. That's a substantial amount of zinging, you know. Uh, not That's actually the total amount. You'll pay not more. So it's an income-related monthly adjustment amount of, a diff- of $356 a month per person. So that's a big add-on, and you really don't want to have to do that if you, if you can keep your income lower. And there are many ways you can do it by having your modified adjusted gross income 
lower for the purposes of Medicare. People don't think about the impact that making a great salary like that has on their Medicare for years. Now, once it's set, does it reset every every year? Yeah, so, they look at your they look at your um, tax return from two years prior in order to decide what it's going to be. So, if you retired in those two years, you they actually may... can. We always do this. We always tell people, please, please, you know, look at this. You can appeal, and most of the time, they win because they say they're retired and their income's going down. Please, you know, do not charge me this much money monthly, and it usually works. I mean, and I'll be honest, as much as it sounds like a large amount, I suspect there's a lot of folks paying commercial premiums that are even higher. That's just the Medicare income, Medicare Part B. We're not talking about D added, and we're not talking about, you know, co-pays and everything else. So that's just an add-on because of your income. That is going to be added on whether or not you have an Advantage plan or you have original Medicare. And additionally, they will add on Part D to both, an IRMA for Part D, for the drug plan. Your income for uh, the, if you have a high income, you can pay as high as $70, $75 extra per month for your Part D. So when you add that to $356, you are talking substantial amount of money for individuals before they, you know, the coverage even kicks in, and you're just not talking about your supplemental plans in addition to that. So it does come out to substantial amounts. Oftentimes, you're right. Commercial, if you were paying out of pocket, would be more expensive in many cases, especially if you're looking at um, COBRA. You know, when you leave a job, um, you start realizing what your employer's paying, you start to appreciate them a little more because <laughs> they're quite high, the COBRA prices, because the insurance prices are quite high commercially. That's a good point. Thank your boss. Take a look at how much your health insurance costs. And yeah, you'll, we'll all be more appreciative. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we are going to talk, continue our discussion with Dr. Eileen Hilton of Crown Care. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of these general costs and what is a donut hole. It sounds like something I might get from Dunkin' Donuts, but it's not. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm talking with Dr. Eileen Hilton of Crown Care, and she is the one woman who I think knows the most about Medicare than anybody else I have ever met. Now, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about the income-related adjustment to Medicare Part B premiums, and that this, in fact, could make a difference depending on what the situation is for you and what type of Medicare that you enroll in, whether it be the original Medicare or the Advantage plan. Now, you mentioned briefly that the amount that someone might pay for Part B income-related adjustment is similar in traditional Medicare and a Medicare Advantage plan. Same, so, exactly the same. So for those people who see in an advertisement $0 deductible amount for purchasing this particular Advantage plan, that's not including this income-related distribution no, it's or actually change. not including their, um, their total monthly premium, even if they don't have an income-related Medicare adjustment. 
So no matter what you see as zero, it's 148.50 a month in 2021. In 2022, it's probably going a up little bit more. Okay. Not so. No, actually, they had a they had a kind of a, a beneficial year when they, you know, CARES Act and everything else knocked down the amount they were going to increase for 2021. So they're going to capture it back again in 2022 and raise it even more. So it could be in 160 range, even higher. But that is not including Irma, and it it it's going to be. Something you, when you compare what you're paying for original versus advantage, you always have to add the exact same numbers into both sides. When you see zero premium, it is not zero premium. Your Part B premium will be paid, and your Part D IRMA, if you happen to be over a certain amount, uh, will be paid. So on both sides, both original and advantage. Now, let's talk about the Part D drug plan, because you also mentioned that that could run somebody an additional $70, $75 a month or so. Well, if they're lucky enough to make five hundred grand, yes. Okay. <laughs> so. If you're not, and you're not, so you're not that lucky, and you're making maybe less than those minimum income requirements, 88 or maybe 91000 or so, what is the average Part D premium? Yeah, well, the average Part D isn't an average. It's totally based on income, as you know. So if you go above... Um, Eighty-eight thousand in 2021. You're going to pay twelve dollars and thirty cents uh, extra for your drug plan a month. And if you go as high as five hundred, and remember there are five tranches, so you'll mm-hmm. see the numbers going up. You'll be paying as high as seventy-seven bucks in 2021. On top of that, so that happens in Advantage and it happens in Original as well. So that's apples to apples comparison and. When they say the premium on the drug plan, like one of the plans this year in 2021 was $5.90, great price, right, per month. But if you were making, say, uh, $276,000 in your joint filing, your, your adjusted gross income, you'd be paying an additional $51 a month for that $5, $6 plan. So these things have to be considered. You can't just say, oh, zero, great, I'm buying it. You know, that's not the way to look at it. Or $6, what a steal, I'm buying this, you know? so. Now, that also, when you say compare apples to apples, there's also differences in how much someone may have to pay for reaching their deductible and also for their percent of what they may pay if they don't have a Medigap plan. So different insurance, the Advantage plan, sometimes seeing a primary care doctor is a certain amount of a copay, seeing a specialist is a different amount. How might somebody put all those pieces together? When you do a personalized evaluation for someone to help them determine which is the best type of financial decision for them to make this year, how, what are some of the factors that you look at and how could somebody take a look at that? Should they look at how many doctors they have, how many visits they make in a year? Because it seems to me like unless you really add all those things up, and again, part of it is sort of trying to predict, but at least for the short term, that you really wouldn't be able to know which one would be better for you financially unless you really sat down with an expert and went through it. Well, I mean, some people are really great at doing it on their own, um, and I encourage them. But I, there are so many pitfalls, it's quite frightening that they do this to people over the age of 65. It's you not know, fair, you right. And you go like, what? Are they kidding? Um, yeah. What we look at, uh, you know, as somebody who's analyzing it for Medicare, we, we actually do spreadsheets, and we put down um, 
every little factor we can think of. And believe it or not, family history. There are all sorts of diseases that have familial uh, issues. You know, if there are certain things that are actually, like you see heart failure and heart disease running in families, high cholesterol, et cetera, um, Alzheimer's, uh, different things like that. So we'll look at family history. We'll look at whatever history we have on that patient. We do it very aggressive look at the history, and the drugs are critically important. Not just the drugs that you're on now, but the drugs that you could potentially be on within the next 12 months. Um, the last thing you want is a, is a drug plan that's very cheap but doesn't cover the expense of drugs well when you hit one of them by unfortunate circumstances. So the drugs can make a humongous difference. And two people who are married who say they're both healthy and great and they're not on any drugs, et cetera, but if one of them is being followed for potential macular degeneration or, you know, oh, an abnormal CPC that might be leukemia turning into or myeloma, you know, anything like that, you have to actually price it out with the drug that they might be on. And a lot of people don't realize what drugs they're going to go on if indeed these things come to, you know, your doctor may say, well, you don't need to be treated now, but, you know, maybe in six months, whatever. And some of them are a fortune. So that's what we do. Um, and we give them the numbers both ways. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like three or four different analyses looking at different drugs and different potential things. Most of the time it's not that difficult, and people can do it online at Medicare.gov. They can actually look and do comparisons. But you need to be aware that anything that says zero is not zero, okay? And the out-of-pocket maximums that you're required to pay in the Advantage plans do not include the drug out-of-pocket maximum. The drugs are completely in addition. So whenever you're looking at an Advantage plan, you have to look, putting all your drugs in, and then looking at the bottom line of what they're going to charge you for all those drugs over the year and add that to what they're considering to be the medical amount that will cost you annually. Um, and for original, the same thing is true with the drugs. You need, you need to look at the drugs uh, over the year, but that's separate. And, and when you're looking at your numbers, that's very clear to find. It's very easy to find. And, you know, you looked at the drug plan, and this is what they're going to tell you it's going to cost you in a year for the drugs you're on, and you run it again with the ones you think you might be on, and they'll, that'll tell you the same thing. So that's pretty much it. There are some very robust supplemental plans. If you remember the 20% coverage that isn't covered by um, Part A and Part B, some of those plans as I said, are almost first dollar out of pocket. You really never see a hospital bill or a doctor bill. You'll only see drug bills and the deductible. Will you hit that deductible? And I think that's pretty much it. It's, it's doable. It's, it's not a slam dunk easy. If you're on absolutely no drugs and you like an employer kind of plan and you see a zero premium one and you're not making a fortune of money, no big deal. However, if you ever want to go back and get the more robust supplemental plans or go, you know, onto original Medicare, you have to be aware that you have a guaranteed acceptance period by the drug companies that cover the supplemental plan for six months after you enroll in Part B. 
after that point, you could be underwritten. There are special examples and circumstances where you should not be underwritten, but typically you have to worry about that. And if you come down with a disease that is very costly, either in drugs or, or doctor visits, you're going five times rather than once a year, whatever, then you have to consider um, exactly what that is going to cost you. Now, those are the ways you compare, and that's, that's pretty much what we go through. Wow, it still sounds really complicated for folks, particularly, as you mentioned, why do we do this to the seniors? It's really hard for me to understand it, let alone try and explain it to some folks as they're retiring. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. We are going to have to do a part two, part three, part four. We're just going to have to keep on going. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. See you then. Thank you.